Warning, this podcast contains explicit language because racism deserves a hefty go fuck yourself. Welcome to Midwest Storytime. I am your host, Todd Cast. I am coming to you this post-election Tuesday, in which I got the pleasure and joy of participating in, and it left me with a story for today. About four years ago, I decided that I needed to get myself into politics. My job directly relates to politics, and there's a lot of fucking shit going on with politics these days. There's this horrible divide between people. It's all about partisan politics, my side versus your side nonsense, and I am of the party of let's get some shit done. So I volunteered and helped out at the polls about two years ago. Spent all day doing it, met and worked with some really hardworking people on both sides. I worked and I got hooked on it for life now. And I volunteer every election I can. So this election cycle, I got called to volunteer again. But instead of being in person like I was two years ago, I got called in to help with the mail-in ballots this time. Because, you know, we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic. That disproportionately kills old people who are the ones whose spot I'm taking. So, of course, I'm going to help out. So, I go on down to our civic center, and everyone's got that typical government attitude. Everyone's underpaid, everyone's overworked, and someone is just begging for someone to please put meth in the coffee again because we got so much shit done that day. Now, it is a government building, which means that the decor is from the 1950s. They... Have us all sit in the hallway, which is six feet apart from each other, as they wait to get the folding tables and the folding chairs ready to go in the deed record room. There are literally shelves and deeds everywhere, and the smell of old paper just decaying hangs in the air, much like the people who are interested in deeds from 1870s. Now they pair us up. One of each side, one of each party get paired up and we have to sign off on all this stuff that passes through us. And I pair up with a guy and a Navy hat on. He's an older guy and he reminds me a little bit of my grandpa and he seems like a talker, which is what I am as well. Now I introduced myself, he introduced himself and again, I'm a talker and this is an eight hour job and I have to sit across from this man For eight hours, I need an outlet to talk and to not bore myself. So we go into background with each other. We talk about school. We talk about growing up in the city we live in. We talk about high school affiliation, which is really big where I'm from. Things we're involved in, etc. And during this time, I mentioned that I was an administrator at this camp that is close by. And he's like, oh my gosh, I know exactly who you are now. I was wondering where I knew you from. It turns out he's the guy who helped donate this massive $1.2 million building to the camp that I work at. I say thank you for his money and we couldn't have done it without you. He made camp such a better place and just kept giving him praise about helping us out. He told me that he's the leader on the board of directors and they're the ones that helped him raise all this money. And I ask him, why would they do this? Like, why would you want to help out at camp? And he's like, we went there when we were younger and it taught us the values and the skills that kind of stuck with them. And this was a way of giving back to the community. 
So I got this nice little warm feeling from him. And we just talked back and forth, even through lunch. We went into stories about his growth from camp. We talked about his interest in flying planes, and that came from camp as well. He became a wartime pilot, and keeping his cot and his tent clean and stuff like that, unlike the blacks. And he didn't just say the blacks. He said an in-hesitation and then the blacks. And I pulled a full Scooby-Doo moment with the, uh, what? This conversation just did a full 180. So he begins launching into this whole tirade about how the blacks, as we call them now, aren't a tidy people. They just don't learn about the values because they don't have fathers at home to teach them because they're too busy killing each other to learn the values and the skills needed to be successful. They need to have their own special schools and places for them to go to deal with their own stuff. And we may as well have different water fountains again, just to make sure they don't dirty up our whiteness. Holy fuck. Jaw met floor. I'm no longer working. And only half the fucking room has stopped. The other half has people that are nodding along with him. He has no idea that he said anything wrong. Now, something they teach you as a teacher is to not escalate the situation. So I begin using and relying on my de-escalation techniques to try to bring this back and give him a way out. Bringing up questions like, what made you feel that way? How, do you still feel that way? Can you see how other human beings that you're casually dismissing here would be upset by that? Didn't they fight with you? Do you think they deserve less than that? I then begin using I statements as in, I don't see it that way. I think that they should be treated equal. I think people can be messy and dirty whether they're white or black. He gives replies, but none of these are a rebuttal against what he said at the beginning of his statement. He doesn't apologize or backtrack anything that he said. Remaining calm and rational while having a conversation with someone who's being irrational is a job reserved exclusively for those who teach our children and also racist grandpas. Now, everyone in the room heard it even the people in charge. This does not affect his ability to do his job. But I can damn well guarantee that I made sure he counted every fucking Biden ballot correctly, though. At the end of the day, we shook hands. He said, I hope I get to see you again. And I said, okay, bye. So then I made a phone call to the camp office, and I had a conversation with the director, and I asked him, did you know that the guy who donated that giant building was a racist and that he seems to want to make more racist and that he's might be trying to use camp to do it. Now my former boss assured me that there's no way that he could put those kinds of stipulations on his donation. There's no way they would have accepted the money if it was tied to being racist, but what worries me is this is probably one of many stories of what happened during this election cycle. This divisiveness and this racism showing its head again. 
And I thought we were over this. I can't imagine what went on in Pennsylvania or Georgia and the people sitting across from each other having to endure and talk to racist motherfuckers and just grinning and bearing it and trying to be understanding and thoughtful while talking down to as if you're talking down to a petulant child. If you have a story, if you know of a story that is similar, please leave it in the comment section. I'd love to hear from you guys. But make sure you volunteer, you vote, and you help out at your local election sites. Go vote. And that is the end of my story for today. If you liked it, please consider subscribing and liking it and sharing it with your friends. The music today was provided by the Supercontinents. And until I see you next time, please keep looking up. <laughs>